<laughs> hey, Merlin. That's what Descartes said. <clears throat> what? Oh, that what he said. Rene Descartes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, owing to how hello, <laughs> owing to how this sounded, the uh, the uh, uh, this is the show. Uh, uh, the improved audio audio quality using this this godforsaken service. Uh, Alex and I tried it last week for Do oh, yeah. Friday. Yeah, and boy, it's um. Talk about an example of a cool service and a terrible app. Woof. Right. So am I getting this right that if you don't remember to hit the button and save the session out of the browser? Oh, by the way, there's no way to actually stop the session apart from closing the window. Well, yeah, you hit the big red record button Mm -hmm. to make it stop recording, but that does not, it just sits there. It's just all the time And if you close, you've lost your opportunity, right? There's no place (laughs) to go to re-download. No, no, it's just what's in that window. That's it. That's all you got. (laughs) That's, I don't know. It seems kind of like having a savings account that involves like putting something under a subway seat. It doesn't seem especially well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, it works fine as long as you don't use it. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. I want to say good morning. <clears throat> good morning, man. <clears throat> oh, Lordy. Um, okay. All right. Well, you're, you're, this, you, you, this is all on you because I got nothing on my end. No, nothing. I got nothing. Also, it'd be nice if they gave you a guide track, if they gave you an everything track. Uh, yeah, I don't think they do that. They don't. I do that. I do that with Audio Hijack. That's nice of you. Thank you. Um, and I'm glad I did not spend an outsized amount of... Alexandra and I both signed up for a year of this. <laughs> we recorded, we were partway into one recording with this, and then we're like, eee. I, I, you know, you know, they say, you know, that, that thing they say about, you know, uh, I cried because, uh, you know, I had no horseshoes until I met a man with no horse kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I never, it took using Zoom a lot to make me go, you know, maybe Skype wasn't so bad, which is pretty improbable. But then using this thing, this this unnamed app that we're using right now, and everybody wants me to record it in a browser. It, it makes me apoplectic. It, um, because I'm in Vivaldi. Vivaldi. <laughs> Tom Brokaw for Vivaldi. And uh, it makes me think I kind of miss Zoom. <laughs> no. 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 Dan, how are you? What is today? Let me go look at my calendar. I have a Field Notes calendar. It's the um, optimistic it's the six... day. Yes, it's the 16th of optimism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. A lot going on. November's picking up, man. November's getting some velocity. I thought October <laughs> would have velocity, but November's really picking up now. Yeah, oh, good. I'm, like, well, how October's can you eventful... tell? Well, well, I mean, as I mentioned to you before, this is not really germane, but I have a, a a calendar in my calendar, you know, like Apple TV on my Apple TV. I have a calendar called Journal where I write things down. And that's where things happen that I just might want to remember electronically someday. I could put that in a diary, but like it's way easier to go like, oh, that's when I got my flu shot that year. Or this is when Bando started his brumation or whatever. And I know from the number of entries that October has accumulated over time to become uh it's almost like a jubilee of its own but now november's coming right along we're going to see ricky montgomery this week uh, i have a birthday coming up we have thanksgiving there's a lot there's a lot still left to happen just so. in in the month of november and well you know, we it's only a have thing. we only got you know 20 some days left i read uh only if you've gone metric Huh. No, I, I ran across uh, something. Gosh, I, I couldn't put my hand to it right now. It's in my pinboard, my pinboard somewhere. But uh, people were talking about like these certain times of years. This sounds dangerously close to astrology. But, you know, doesn't it ever feel like there are certain times in 
certain months that are uh, year over year, like there's a lot of stuff that goes down in that month. I used to think February was a big stuff going down month. At my college, anyway, and this might have been one of those nuns having periods thing. I don't know. But, like, it always felt like we called February Flux Month because it was always like we were back from independent study. You're in the second official, you know, semester. And um, it always felt like a lot of stuff, like relationships would end in February. People would get weird haircuts. It always seemed like a February thing. Do you have, do you have months in your uh, pantheon that feel unusually eventful from year to year? Um. That's a really good question. I definitely. It's I'm not a very you. good question, but it's I a very it good question because I I only yeah. really feel two months out of the year, October mm-hmm. and November. The rest of the year is one oh. month long. It's just a long month. Just a numb, just ten numb, ten numb months. And I look, I look forward to October because I've got my birthday and I've got mm-hmm. Halloween, which is the only holiday that I really enjoy. And then I don't know how these things are beeping. And then I. That's okay. uh, I like November because, you know, Thanksgiving is a big day for, um, for smoked oh, yeah. meats. Oh, yeah, Thanksgiving and get to eat. Stuff. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. I should probably hunt a human man before I die. I have a little I bit of I would say you're already doing that. Well, with you, you mean. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it slow. Mm-hmm. I'm with that guy on Gilligan's Island with the safari hat. The skipper. And the rifle. The skipper. What's his name, Jackson Pollock? What was his name? Sydney. 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 Uh-huh. Sydney was the name of the uh, the psychiatrist on Mash. Oh, yeah, that is that is true. Sure. Can I give you a factoid? On, yeah, go for uh, it. And, and I'm almost definitely going to pronounce. This is going to be one of those internet pronunciations. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is going to be an internet pronunciation. This is my new term for something I've never tried to say out loud before. Right. Yeah. Like um, in my daughter's case, she'd never tried to say the word facetious out loud. You know, and you first time you say it, you usually say face just right. Um, I mean, you, the, uh, you, you the, do. The, I do that. The the wonderful photographer uh, Diane, and here we go. I want to say Arbus, Diane Arbus. Uh, she, From Cheers, that Diane. Mm-hmm. No, you're thinking of uh, Night Shift. That's the one she shows her boobs in. Um, <laughs> Diane, um, I think you're thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis. Nope, that's the Scientologist that was in uh, Star Trek. Kobayashi Maru, and then he eats an apple and throws it at her. <laughs> What's her name? Tyvek? I think her name's Tyvek. Yeah, Maybe I think it was Doug it, Jones. It was. Doug like Jones the, also plays the Baron. Like the Envelopes. Oh, I, 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 that, that sounds like an Australian band. The Envelopes definitely sounds like the name <laughs> of an Australian band. <laughs> That's excellent. No, actually, you know, oh God, my accents are so bad. Like a late uh, We 80s. watch too much What We Do in the Shadows, and now I've got, I've got weird Transylvania by, by way of New Zealand. See, on. now I know that you assigned me to watch that one, and I actually no, had it queued up, fine. but you're I fine. am you're waiting fine. for tonight because I wanted to watch it with, um, with, some, with some people. So oh, I've saved. People are good. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, have you watched the movie? You watched the movie, yes, right? Yes, and we talked about that, and you were also commenting about how oh, amazing right. the effects were in that movie, and that, you, what's his, I, uh, uh, Vlad uh, ran around behind the, that's what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dan, and this is going to factor into today's discussion as well, I assume. Ladies and gentlemen, the envelopes. Did you see the spider they discovered in Australia? Have you seen the new spider? No, oh, no. I feel so bad about Why would you fun. talk to me about a spider? Well, okay. Ever. I'm going to write, oh, well, in that case, uh, spider, we've got the envelopes. No, uh, tell me, now you have to tell me about the spider. You know, like the chills or the windbreakers, that kind of a, you know, a name, the go-betweens, right? Um, the Midnight Oil. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, we covered a lot of ground the really clash. quickly there. The Clash? Yeah. 
But you don't say you don't say it's pixies and talking heads, not the pixies and the talking heads. The name I think no, you it says right on their second heads. album. The name of this band is Talking Heads. Yeah, but they could be wrong. Mm. Huh. And I have always said the pixies. You don't say oh, the that's pixies. That's no good. Don't do that. Oh no! Uh-uh. Would, is Jello Biafra going to be mad? <laughs> it would be strange <laughs> if he were. <laughs> Got me a movie. I want you to know. Slicing up eyeballs. I am Moon. Shen. Andalusia. I am Moon. Those things Shen. still uh, stuck to your wall? Stuck to my wall. Yeah, the huh? little the light things. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of follow-up, actually. God damn it, Dan. I'm just trying, drop to trigger, I'm trying to trigger you a little bit if I can get no, no, a task, rise out of you. But what did I write down here? What is task videos? What the hell? Oh, oh tank videos. I've been watching tank videos. Um, spider... Tank uh, videos. Oh, tank videos. Like, we'll thank you very much? I, like a Thanksgiving? I'm going to tell you what my daughter used to tell me when she was three. That's not funny. That's not even a joke. <laughs> okay? Um, I've written down Spider Peren Australia. Uh, uh, oh, oh you're it, not talking to... about the one that they found eating a mammal or dragging can a mammal. bite through a fingernail, around. Dan. You're talking about that one? That's a couple weeks ago. Oh, it bites through a finger. I just saw it today on the news. Um, okay, it's never mind. Huge. It's real well, and it's motivated. Nobody likes Show me a motivated I want to make sure we're talking about this. Nobody same likes a motivated spider. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that in the wisdom document. <laughs> yeah, that belongs like, there. I, I'm telling you something. Nobody Wait, say that them. again. I want to capture that. That might nobody, be a Dr. Philism, if I'm being nobody honest. Trust uh-huh. what was it? Oh, nobody nobody likes a motivated spider. <laughs> Motivated. Australia spider. I just saw. Let me see if it's in my history. Command Y. Now I'm out of Vivaldi. Vivaldi. And now I'm over here. Mega spider is the biggest of its kind we've seen. Uh, Australian reptile park says. Yeah, must, I did see uh, this one. Okay, mega spider. It's yeah, an arachnid. I don't need to see it again. It's pretty big. It's got a big butt. <laughs> it's a thorax. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay, you should start uh, referring to your own butt as a thorax. I think. Right, right. Or like, like especially with a doctor. Like if in you have Pee-wee's a big problem. adventure when he says, oh, "Simone, all my friends have big butts." <laughs> right. Uh huh. Bump, 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 bump. Oh wait, cut my chair on the. Oops. Whoa. So you were going to tell me about the thing stuck to the uh, the wall. What's that? The lights. Oh yeah, they're fine. There are four um, lights. Yes. Um, and yeah, I had to explain to my kid that the guy who plays Thanos is in the role of, uh, of the guy who used to be Patrick Stewart in the other Dune movie. She has a bare recollection. She's like, Dune, is there like a giant, like an elephant in a tank in that? And yes. I was like, yes. Which was liberty taken by. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point David is Lynch. you imprint on that kind of thing. Of course. I missed seeing it in this one. It's when all I the spice. Watching. I'm like, where's the. Navigator, navigator in the Spacing Guild. Where's the tank? Was the Navigator in this one the bald guy with the scroll? I'm confused. I thought the Navigator had to be an elephant in, in, a, in, a, in a tank. Mm, I don't... Not that I, kind of tank. I don't know that that's what they look like. I but think spo- aren't was... they supposed to be in the melange? Yeah, they're sort and of that's, in a And mist. that's basically how they're able to do hyperspace travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. God, so cool. Um, she just doesn't like Timothy Chalamet, and I think it's really colored her ability to watch this with me. And it hurts me. Are you okay? Do you need uh, to? No, I'll be, I need to lay down. But what I was going to say was, oh yeah. So one of my problems is I do these four primary on main podcasts, and there was 
nominally, theoretically, notionally a time when they were about different things. But now they're just like whatever falls off my brain truck. So I have no way of remembering where anything happened unless I, I back solve through the stack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I keep forgetting. I keep talking about what we do in the shadows because it's like I think about it constantly. I think about this. I think about the movie. I think about the TV show. I think about it all the time. And um, yeah, okay, good. Well, so you're going to watch it with friends. That's fun. That's fun. I'm really excited. You have a lot to, to look forward to watching. You have it. a lot to look forward to. It's, it really is fun. Um, what else did I write down here? We've got the spiders in Australia, tank videos. I've been watching. Uh, I started watching, um, I, I like anything where people are probably a little bit more into something than is really healthy. And boy, people who are into Soviet tanks are really into Soviet tanks. If you want to learn about the T-34, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of people to talk, walk you through. They'll, they'll take you to the place, the museums. They'll take you. There's a guy that, that works at a tank museum and boy, will he ever talk about tanks. You want to know about the T-34-85? He'll lay it out for you is what I'm saying. What are you, what's your takeaway from, from this? Oh, that... I mean, thank God they made the changes that they did. Things would not have gone. Mm, things would not have gone quite the way that they did in World War II. Hitler did so much stuff that wasn't very smart. I mean, learn the lesson from Napoleon. Do we really? Do we really want to be trying to invade Russia in the middle of winter? You know, and they had tanks. So there's fast tanks, slow tanks. But if you think about it, in some ways, I'm not a, I'm not a, a tanketician, but I feel like maybe even more than aeroplanes, tanks evolved very quickly. Tanks went from like, you know, jokey ragtime, Shakey's pizza music kind of stuff to like the Panzer and the Tiger in a fairly short period of time. And then they did a lot of really innovative things with the way they would angle the armor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I might be reaching peak dad title. If I, if only I could watch we a tank. that title once? <laughs> yeah. If only I could watch... If, <laughs> if only I could watch T-34 tank videos as I'm watching Forged and Fire on Netflix. You know what's interesting, though, is people always used to make fun of the uh, the, the the dads who would always want to be watching the Discovery History, Channel History documentaries, Channel, the History yeah, Channel exactly, documentaries, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and now... The History Channel, which we used to call the Hitler Channel. Yeah, and uh, rightfully so. And I think, uh, except in the month of December, when, who would call me? I can't. I can't do that. I can't accept. That's not that. your real. Is that your real ringtone? That you is the stock. default ringtone. I know it is, Dan. No, I, please, I, ha, hold, please. It's a phone hold, please. Around. Hold for comment. Oh, that is the default oh, my. ringtone that my I. computer makes. Uh, not my ringer on my phone. You run stock, is what you do. Stock, but is the how computer you run. sound. And I, for whatever reason, car. my computer rings whenever I get a call now. Yeah, I don't want it to. I don't know. I haven't invested any time. You should in, approach but, that from at least two angles. I mean, for one, sound source, you can go in and say like whether, how, when you want sound effects to go through things. Mm-hmm. I love that they separate that out now. Hi, Paul and team. Um, but, but if but I'm also, receiving a regular phone call, a regular... You would do that on your... Okay, so you go to your... Uh, <laughs> God, what is Leslie? Walk me through this. No, I'm trying to remember what, um, what uh, Nandor calls it. Your, uh, your whatever your your information telephone. Go to your information uh, telephone, and I uh, you should be able to turn off forwarding to your Mac. That's what I, I think. want to do because I never want I never want that. Never. No, want that. and it's it's funny because it does. It also kind of relates. And it uses to, that ringtone that I hate. Yeah, 
It relates in some ways, though, also to like my my journey with smart home stuff and Hue stuff. And I was urinating this morning and thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about. Hello? And I wanted to just follow up on my blowing up Hue and how blowing up Hue finally fixed Hue, like in a Robert McNamara sort of way. But it's um, it's weird that I think I flew too close to the sun. I think I got too... Hmm. This is your Icarus moment. It's my Icarus moment title. <laughs> the um, I'm counting on you to, to diary all of this. I want I'm, you to calendar all of I'm this. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. The three sponsors, so I have a lot to say, and so do you. <clears throat> but hold on, hold on. It's it's not under call forwarding. It's under calls. Oh my God! This is not a helpline. Macro PC. This is something you control <laughs> on your iPhone. That. So you go into iPhone. You, you go into yeah. settings. Then you go into iPhone. Under settings, you go to messages or calls, and then scroll calls. down a bit. It says calls on other devices. I'm, look, look at that. I'm not going to have loose change in my pocket this. when I go into battle. You're going to have to answer the Coca-Cola company. Um. So, but I think Off. I flew too close to this. Did you get it worked out, Dan? Are we are we are we taking you away from your tech support time? Well, I mean, if if you know, if we're going to talk about the default ringtone on the computer, I feel like we ought to. Uh, Address how to disable other, it. Dan, I haven't even told you what I'm going to talk about. I have I'm so ready. much here. I'm ready. Ugh, I don't think you're ready. I don't think you're ready. Um, what is that? Bootylicious? That's bootylicious, right? Sure. I don't or think in, you're ready. In your case, thoraxlicious. It was good. That was good. Thank you. No, you get five comedy points for that. That was pretty good. Um, all right. So, um, I think I flew too close to the sun, and and uh, and it's it's a little bit like gambling. It's a little bit like wax wings, and it's certainly likes all kinds of technology, um, different flavor, almost of procrastination. Which is like if you haven't gotten screwed to the wall by something, you think you're the master of the thing. Mm-hmm. If the, if you have not been effed over mm-hmm. by a thing, you tend to think you have mastered it. So I've said it twice now, and I won't say it a third time. But I've gotten pretty brassy about like what I can pull off with smart home stuff, culminating in many ways with the, I don't know, the Mozart's 40th symphony that is Home Assistant, where everything kind of comes together, you know. Um, and But then when something doesn't work, boy, is it hard to figure out what's not working. Because everything, <clears throat> that's why I say flew too close to the sun, is like, I assumed a lot of stuff was working because I'm good at dealing with it, and not just because, say, it hadn't broken yet. And now now that I've fixed my Hue stuff, because Hue is the backbone of what we do at the house. I took all the Hue stuff off of Home Assistant because it was a few months ago, several months ago, because it was getting kind of unreliable. And it wasn't until I nuked it last week. And I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like... Um, even, even or especially in the world of Apple. Like, on the one hand, you're like, oh, this is so cool. I can pick which computers, uh, which Macs, if you like, my and iPads and yeah. et cetera, that my messages will be forwarded to. And that can be really cool. But if you ever have to fix something, or especially if you have to, like, fix something in a hurry, like, you realize, I realize how much I really don't actually know even about the user interface layer of a lot of this stuff. Because I don't have to do it quickly, I don't have to do it in a hurry. And I'm talking here about like if something really weird happens, if you feel like there's been some kind of a compromise, you want to lock everything down. Or in your case, maybe you're on a podcast and it starts making the Inca Dinka, uh, whatever that thing's called, marimba sound. You know, I, I got I to make this thing go away. Don't fly too close to the sun, you know, unless you're insured for that kind of thing. I don't know. Mega spider. Mega spider. Thorax. Thorax. 
Is that the <laughs> is that the grasshopper on Space Ghost? Anyway. Oh, is that his? I don't know what his no, name is. No, Zorak. I think his name was Zorak. Yeah. But, you know, words sound like other words. Um, spider tank videos. I got a few things. Um, hi, Dan. Hi. It's November. Uh, the November of our years. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple bits of follow-up. I've got a couple follow-ups. They're short. I've got a recommendation for you and the listeners. And I'm also going to do something special here. Because we, we've got a big episode this week. If I read correctly, we've got three sponsors. So we've got to really pad this thing out. I'm going to give you what in the business is called first right of refusal. Okay. I thought I was going to give this to Alexandra, but frankly, Alexandra's gotten too much of, of the good stuff lately. It's time to cut them off a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the way, way Ron Swanson acts like he forgets your name so you can keep a distance. Yeah. Yeah. It, it keeps a personal, a, a personal space. Um, and I'm just going to tease this. The answer should probably be yes, if you want me to really pad this bit thing out. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you first right of refusal for the first public discussion of a, a what would you call it, a clipping, perhaps, okay. of the Wisdom Project, which is called the Spaces Project. I don't, what I'm, what I'm I, the, the breakthroughs that I'm having about space are, uh, do not fit the format of the Wisdom Project. But it's some very important thought technologies. And if you're interested after follow-up and the things that you would like to visit about, I thought I would give you the first right of refusal for my paradigmatic rethinking of improving how we use spaces. I would love that. Or tabs, depending on yeah, how you look at it. Yeah, I would love it. that. No, I'm, that's a joke. Oh, darn. Because <sighs> I, um, I would devote... Yeah, I got a know, rough a idea of the five kinds of areas in a paradigm. The areas, like Eisenhower said, the areas mean nothing, the paradigm is everything. <laughs> Puts it in his matrix. Hi, you got anything you want to do off the dome? I've got a little bit of follow up. Oh yeah, I can cross off the hue thing. That's done. That's fixed. Oh, that's good. I'm relieved to hear about that. Well, it's 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 frustrating. My family, I I know I can hear them coming down the hall. You know, and it's going to be um. And the way my, my, my daughter, whom I love, I really really like my kid. My daughter, whom I love, says this thing in the most passive aggressive way popular she comes out and she's at, she acts like she's more tired than she is like she's just been like kept in some kind of a cell <laughs> and, and we're like you can't turn the lights off like she's in supermax and she comes out and she goes do you know when the lights are gonna work again <laughs> and when you ask daddy a question like that here's the sort of answer you get you uh -huh. say oh sweetheart of course i know i'm just not telling you mm -hmm. or they're already fixed they've been fixed for years We've always lived in the castle. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like when she keeps saying to me over and over, because we're about to go pick up breakfast in the morning, and she says, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You know, I don't think you're ready, bootylicious, right? Mm -hmm. Are you ready? And I say, well, of course I'm ready. I'm already back, which is a pretty good dad joke. You know, if I were, if I, honey, if I were ready, I, we, we would be leaving. And because you have way fewer response, I'm just bitching about my daughter, but like, uh, you know, you have way fewer responsibilities about getting out of the house than I do. First, you know, I, I got to go, I got to go, uh, I got to make a number two. I got to go to the ATM. I got to make sure my pants are on. Yes, double check. Especially after you, after you deuce. <laughs> There's a lot to being grown up. Yep. So why don't I tell you about our first sponsor? 
<laughs> Dan, tell me about something you like. I would love to tell about Masterclass. You remember them, Masterclass? Of course I do. I've, Those guys? I've, I've, watched, I've watched a lot of Masterclass. I think they're beautiful. I love Masterclass. I was so impressed when Masterclass first came out. I guess, you know, they, they started small, as you do, and they had a couple, two, three, um, you know, people on there teaching stuff. And, and just the way that they filmed it, just the way that it looked, it looked, each of them, and I watched them all, each of them looked like a short film, professionally produced, amazing lighting, staging, audio then, then quality. They each, they each look different. Well, it and would, this is the if, thing if that struck me. they all look good and that, the same, it would be fine, but they each have their own production design and stuff. Yes, yes. And, they, and those match the person, of course, that they're talking to. But yes. what really blew me away, I said, they're never going to be able to keep doing it like this. These are way too well produced. These are, they'll, they'll make, the first three are going to be amazing. They're going to be breaking the bank on the David Lynch alone. Bank, broken. Right. And yeah. but after the, after they keep doing it, they keep coming out with them. They had to build a kitchen just for Gordon Ramsay to yell in. <laughs> there and he is one of the teachers. He is one of the people that you can go there. He to was also learn at the Adele from. concert. Did you see him in the audience at the Adele concert? No, I missed that one. Oh, yeah, he gets uh, around. I guess. But one of the oh, ones that here's I just my impersonation of Gordon Ramsay. You ready? Okay. Damn. <clears throat> go ahead. That was the whole thing. That's all you need. I mean, right. the thing is, like, you know, a pinch of salt means a pinch of salt. It doesn't mean use all the salt. I'm saving some of my salt, and I'm just giving you a little bit of the Gordon Ramsay. I think you're about to run out of salt. You're about to run out of salt. Yo-Yo Ma teaches music Yo -Yo Ma. and connection on there. I mean, that's that's one that's yeah. on my list now. The next one I want to watch. There is so he's, so... he's so amusing. He's so charming. But you said the Gordon Ramsay. That's one of my all-time favorites. But now they've got uh, John Kabat-Zinn teaching mindfulness meditation on there. I like like this right up my alley. All of these things. Aaron Franklin, my boy, teaching Texas-style barbecue. Come on. Like, this is amazing what they have. These are just huh. the ones I'm interested in. Huh. You know, your, your, your uh, friend Neil Gaiman is teaching the art of storytelling. Who better to talk about storytelling huh. than him, I think? He's pretty good. He's a pretty good. He might you know what he's Coraline. talking about. You know he did Coraline? Uh, no, I did not know that. Are you I'm making sure that he did up? Coraline? Uh, yeah, he's he's written a lot of things. I think he also wrote the uh, the comic about the guy who takes naps. What's it called? Sleeperman? Sandman? You mean? Yep, that's the one. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Now, now soon to be a Netflix Hulu production. But you can go there and find <clears throat> a Love class him. that's relevant to your life, your interest, your work, what you want to be doing for a living, and then you can go there and you can learn. It's like. The stuff that you learn from this, it's not the kind of thing where it's like 10 tips to do this better. It, these are the people who have been living and breathing this and who are at the tops of their fields. And it is amazing. The quality of the experience, amazing. And what's really cool about it is you can watch these on your own pace, mm -hmm. at your own time. You can watch them on your phone. You can watch them on the web. You watch them on your smart TV. And... You know, this is the really cool thing about it is that the video lessons, the class, it's not like you're going to sit there and watch some lecture that's hours and hours long. I mean, the content <laughs> right. does add up to be hours long, but it's usually 10 minutes per individual lesson. So what that means is that you got an hour, you can watch a, these things back to back. You only got 10, 15 minutes. You can watch just the one. I don't one. know if they want us to say this, but they're really entertaining. I like, think they I, do I, want I know us like to you're say supposed that. to eat your vegetables and when you learn stuff, it's supposed to not be fun. But I mean, obviously, like some of these people can't help but be fun or help but be amusing. And right. I happen to be the sort of person who enjoys hearing somebody who's excited about what they do. I love when people are good at what they do, hearing them talk about it. But people who are excited about what they do, and this does, it also has the, that casual feel. It doesn't feel like somebody's going, oh, how can I put this? I don't mean to slag any well known series of, you know, overrated. Uh, 
video things for douchebags. But the but like you get so used to this, like oh, it's, it's time to like go and be really impressed by what this person does. And these have a much more casual feel of like, hey, we're just talking here. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have that like I'm I'm filling you with turns out you know wisdom. You know what I mean? These are people who've lived inside of the sort of work they do for a while and are yeah. able to, you know, and, you know, if you want to go take that further and go get a PhD in something, that's on you. But, like, you're going to learn a lot about, no, 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 I just mean in the sense of, like, I'm not trying to say this is going to make you an expert at something, but, like, you know, for, for creative people tend to want things that they call inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not always the best name for that. Um, inspiration, like, what does that mean? Well, Aristotle says it means, you know, to fill with air. But I think it means that also that, like, you get excited about seeing the possibilities of something. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what David Lynch does, like, tomorrow. Right. But, like, hearing about the process and finding that entertaining is can be a really, can be really bracing. Very well done. So the, the last one I'm going to mention, I don't know when yeah. they added this one, but I, I just found it the other day. They've got Danny Elfman. Talking about oh, wow. Oingo, all Oingo. of the themes that he's written from the, like the Simpsons to Pee Wee, which you were quoting before Nightmare Before Christmas and yep, I yep, mean, yep. all of this stuff that he's done. Oh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait to watch that one. So anyway, I, I would terrific. love to recommend this to our listeners as a, a, a sponsor <laughs> that we both love, that we are thrilled to have here. And that I think our audience would really like you go to masterclass, M-A-S-T-E-R class, masterclass.com slash back to work. That's mm-hmm. it. So what, when you go there, this is this crazy thing. Um, I, I, I don't know how they're doing it, but the, huh. here's what I'm supposed to read. Oh, dear. This holiday, give one annual membership <clears throat> and get one free. This is at Masterclass. The only only place in the universe I think you can get this. So yeah, Masterclass.com. Well, you're saying here, one for work. me, one for you? Yes, but works? it says here there's these two words. It says terms apply, Merlin. So I'm, terms apply. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but yes, masterclass.com slash back to work. Apply. Go there in that, and you yeah. sign up for a year. Do it. You get when you give it to someone that you think should be better. Oh, I see. It's like giving somebody soap. That's a good yes. idea. Okay. Yes. But this is the really cool part about it is when you get like a, a big membership like that, you're going to get all of the stuff that we talked about, the flexibility to watch when you want, the immersive learning experience, all of that. And you're getting access to to all the best stuff. So go mm. check this out. Masterclass. And there's a lot of little samples. If you if you don't believe Merlin, mm. go there and look at the, read this, okay. look, watch the samples. I'm having a cred- credibility crisis and that's fine. I go check it out. Masterclass.com slash back to work. Thanks very much, Masterclass, for making this show possible. Buck, buck. And be careful. Don't sign up for Mistress Class. <laughs> because it's a different different it website. is it's based it's a dot de it's based in germany and basically <laughs> there's this woman you just see on a screen and you're supposed to just keep giving her money oh and then she talks about how how small your your dong is hello i'm sorry let me double check on that okay master class mm-hmm. also don't go to masterclens.de that's a that's a different thing that's with das hot sauce and das lemon Mm-mm. das lemon Mm-mm. anyway there's all of that his left arm weighs 75 pounds did you ever watch you watched that didn't you where uh david lynch interviews the monkey did you ever watch that yeah you made me watch that <laughs> his left arm weighs 75 pounds. i still i feel like that was a practical joke on uh on us well everything's a practical joke if you don't understand it yeah i don't know that didn't even make sense anyway here's what i got i talked about hugh my vivaldi's still running i hope you're recording this i am Okay, good. Oh, wait, who's texting me? Ah, 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 who's texting me? Shit, shit, shit. Ah, okay, all right. Ah, ah, ah. 
I'm being I'm <laughs> being texted about two different other podcasts while I'm recording a podcast. Um. Okay, I'm focused now. Uh, thank you, Masterclass. Did you ever? You, you didn't ever do bok bok. You didn't do it. They I don't get a bok bok. I did it earlier. You did before I did Mistress Class, and then I talked about the monkey's arm. Okay. Uh, the hue. Yeah, I don't want to talk about gremlins. I'll, I'll talk about gremlins at some point. Um, uh, I just wanted to say, you know what? This is all. Well, we do have three sponsors. I wanted to say that. Uh, I. I might have mentioned this here, but uh, this is my albatross. I'm going to share this with lots of people. Okay. Uh, I had a mystery meat problem for the last couple of weeks that's been really vexing me. Just uh, throw and this it is out. Very- if it's two weeks old now, it's too old. Right. Well, this is very much a no shade, no lemonade, but I went, just on the off chance that people who listen to this program and take something like my advice on software may have run into this as well. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Like, So one thing I noticed is like, so I am the czar of the document. <laughs> Feel free to capture that. I'm the czar of the document on a couple podcasts and I at least participate in the document in other podcasts. And in some cases that involves Google Docs and, you know, every sperm is sacred, every, every document special. And they're all different, different styles, different whatnots. But, you know, one of the things I do, this is a life hack. You guys can use this. <clears throat> At the bottom of, if there's shows like Reconcilable Differences where we do like a running multi-hundred page document or mm-hmm. there's shows like Do By Friday where we have a different bespoke one for each week, each challenge. And uh, at the bottom, I keep uh, a template, like a blank version of like what I always want to be able to copy and paste you know, so you don't have to go in and be cute about getting spaces right and blah, blah, blah. But I kept noticing that, like, stuff I copied in Google Docs wasn't um, wasn't pasting with styles. And there's other things related to this that I thought were kind of suspicious. And I could not figure it out. My guess was it's something related to my my Nouvelle Vague, my, my, <laughs> my new wave of blocking software I've been running. And I could not pinpoint it. I tried turning a lot of stuff off, but apparently I didn't try turning enough stuff off. I want to thank a friend of the show and a Twitter user Drew, who's DRU89. And Drew uh, DRU89 says that, uh, Dan, do you remember when we talked about, <laughs> it's the one with the name I kept getting wrong, uh, Tracker Zapper? App, app Zapper. No. Oh, tracker but, zapper, the thing that gets rid of the yeah on the web. Yeah, the it takes off yeah. all the crap after in your <clears throat> yes, URL. I know what you're about. Uh, uh, Drew says that uh, he heard heard my uh, my lamentations, the lamentations of my women, and and said, "Hey, that's you're having that problem because of an issue." And I had the same issue with tracker zapper. If you turn off, or as they say, deactivate tracker zapper. I, I've liked leaving it on because I like that uh, <laughs> feeling of you're not going to put anything in my URL. Yeah, but it turns out, A, that's what was causing it. B, deactivating it, immediately fixed it. And C, a friend of the show, uh, I think it's, this fellow's name is Rob, right? Rob Knight. The guy who makes Tracker Zapper is aware of it and he's working on it. Mm, see, that's all so you want. Use you your cannot get a better to, outcome uh, yeah. than that. Yeah. Don't you think? Isn't it nice when things work out? Yeah. Nice things are nice. Um, you like Wes Anderson? I mean, he's probably my favorite living filmmaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, oh, I'm a big fan. It sounds like a silly thing. To say. I haven't I seen really, the French Dispatch yet, though. Which well, is it's not really. I, I mean, even if you could try stealing it, but you're just going to get things with the wrong title, with you know, <laughs> in Chinese theaters. But <laughs> I hear. But um, well, what was I going to say to you here? Oh yeah, so yeah, big fan, and I'm not going to get wound up in the whole like everybody's always mad at Wes Anderson thing. I'll screw you guys. Um, and my kid has really gotten in through the back door, sort of, uh, has gotten into Wes Anderson via, of course, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's Wes Anderson's best film, but maybe my favorite film in some ways, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I just love it so much. And Isle of Dogs. And then coming in the side door and seeing things like, um, you know, Tenenbaums. It, it's so interesting to start with the animated films and then watch the others because you think to yourself like, oh, gosh, this is so over the top. Christopherson with his like unaccompanied minor tag and yeah. Jimmy Squirrel's truck and all this stuff. But then you're like, wait a minute, no. It, I mean, Life Aquatic is much sillier in some ways. And it has more of, uh, has all of the stuff that's in all of the movies. It's got the laminated cards. It's got the plans. It's got the letters. Yeah, it's got- and you know, I was thinking about that. I got, I actually, for my birthday, I, I bought myself a gift. It's the Wes Anderson, it's the book all about Wes Anderson's films. By Matt, Matt Solar. Yes, like, yes. I bought it for my kid for her birthday. Oh, it's so good. She and, loves it. <laughs> I and, bought it for her, her birthday a few weeks ago. She got the exact same book. Same. We probably got it like right at the same time. Because yep. aren't our birthdays like really close together? I think so, yeah. 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 And, and so... I, I was, you know, reading this and one of the things I was thinking about is like, at what, which film is the first film where all of the elements that we currently think of as what makes a Wes Anderson film, a Wes Anderson film combined together into it's the film? One, it's one of two. It's one of two films. And I bet we would guess the same two films. It's either Rushmore or Tenenbaums. Well, I was going to say Tenenbaums. Um, Tenenbaums be- is like when, yeah, that's like when Wes Anderson is really making a Wes Anderson movie. And, you know, because it, like, I mean, we could we could have a lot of fun making a list of what some of those things are, but for well, people- I'm going to give this to you in a second. That okay. was the point of this. Oh, okay. Gonna, yeah, keep, but keep going, but keep going. Well, I mean, I was going to say, like, you know, you have to have, you have to have certain, there's- <laughs> there are certain characters that have yeah. to have certain behaviors, mannerisms, jobs, clothing. There are, um, you need to have a meta show within a show or a play within a play or, you know, play within children, a movie. Children in costumes. You have to have children in costumes. You have to have books being when written. Dirk, Dirk is dressed as a wizard. Movies being made. I mean, there's a lot of things, but it's. I'm a raven. <laughs> but I'm with you. I, I don't think yeah, Rushmore, yeah. I think Rushmore is still a little too primordial, although I think that movie is the first one where Wes Anderson's style is clearly established. And you, you took me to school on all those, uh, all the amazing images and photographs and how they were reproductions of these other things like him riding the bike in the beginning of the different, when he's in all the different clubs and the original photos and stuff like drawing on that. But I feel like Royal Tenenbaums, that's Mm -hmm. everything clicks and comes together. But for me, having not seen French Dispatch, I feel like the movie that brings all of it together in in a new way and in a much bigger way is Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that oh, absolutely, and that that, that will be very that. germane to several of these videos. I'm about to suggest that you watch because a lot of the the things that he gets pegged with. Okay, listen, I'm going to say something here. Merlin 2021 is trying to evolve. He's speaking in the third person, and he's entirely aware. But sometimes Merlin does need to give a disclaimer, and that is this. Okay, listen, 
listen, I'm not trying to get any of you to like Wes Anderson. I'm not trying to get any of you to appreciate Wes Anderson. I could not care less how you feel about almost anything in life. What I am doing here is I'm speaking to Dan, and I'm speaking to other people who enjoy Wes Anderson. If you are here to be convinced that Wes Anderson is something that, that you are obligated to care about, you're listening to the wrong show. So I'm not going to speak to any of you who are folding your arms and going, 40-millimeter lens is weird. Um, no, I'm speaking to the people who like this stuff and are open how, to the nuance of understanding how, even as a Wes Anderson enthusiast, you may be surprised that the cliches are not the cliches that you think if you actually really watch the movie is what I wanted to say. Yeah. So that was kind of mean, but really just so you and I could be over here in our little alcove talking about Wes Anderson. Right. Um, these are all in notes, I believe. And if I've forgotten any, tell me. Um, I've just, I, you know, you know how the algo is where like you, you end up kind of rut would be too strong a word, but it's easy enough for your Conestoga wagon <laughs> to follow the wagon in front of it because of the way roads work. Um, one that I'm really going to recommend here. Uh, why do Wes Anderson movies look like that? by Thomas Flight. I just, just looked at this one. This one is amazing. Love this one. I'm so glad and you brought this up. I think this is the one so where they glad. talk about the, the, the flatness, right? Yes. The flat plane. The flatness. Yeah. The flat plane, things moving across the flat plane and how yeah. every angle is still a flat plane. And it's... You know, but then also so, the north, the the northeast, southwest, the whips yes. that he does at ninety degree angles. Yes, it's so interesting to like maintain the the feeling of like, you know, the the sort of three dimensions. Um, and I think a really good. So I there's and shoot, there is another one, um, similar to this that's more about the cinematographer. And I'll see if I can find that for notes for later, but I can't promise. Now, okay, now one, I, 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 I hate to admit how much this is my shit, but it is. Two-part series on Wes Anderson and typefaces. I'm sorry I could not be any more of that particular guy, but this guy who does pretty good little mostly short videos on, for example, logos, typefaces. Um, I, like, I like his stuff, and I think he's, I think he's good at, at YouTube. Um, but the story of Futura and like, and he really, yeah. he really gets in there. Like every aspect of the like, Oh, blah, blah. You know that I guess like Kubrick and like field notes. Yeah. You know, all caps Futura is out there, but he actually goes through like how different people have used Futura in different ways, different weights, you know, but even down into the like, okay, well up until this point, the credits for every movie have the person's name, the first name in title case and the last name in all caps. Mm -hmm. But then when does he stop? doing that and just just the evolution and it's not again i this is why i love adam neely so much is adam neely you know i actually i used to say this in my blogging days there's a big difference between just pointing and saying here's a thing that happened versus like oh here's how to understand how and why that happened that's the stuff i love adam neely is great at that adam neely doesn't just go this song sounds like paramore <laughs> he also explains how how and why it do doesn't sound like paramore if you're actually listening uh -huh. and this guy's going okay you think you a big shot you think you know about wes anderson and futura well fine they'll name their last three albums let's go through what's really happening with futura in these movies and in bottle rocket there's some there but it's much more of like the handwriting stuff which is actually as it turns out owen wilson's handwriting I did not know that. I just learned that. But <clears> then, the book, I mean, from I almost the book, book from the movie. But then you get into like Darjeeling Limited and, uh, well, really Tenenbaums in terms of using that strange bespoke outline version mm -hmm. where it's got like the, you know what I mean? It's got like the space in the Yes. 
I don't know how to describe it. But then also in Darjeeling Limited, and he pulls in a an associate who's a graphic designer in, in Mumbai and talking about like, well, what does this look like to you when you see the way this hand-drawn painting stuff was done on the trains, right? Like, what does that say to you? And um, I just thought it was really interesting. So the three areas we're looking at here, wh why do Wes Anderson's movies look like that? And if I can find the other one on cinematography, I will. That one I think is a real keystone to the Anderson thing is like, oh yeah, why does it look like that? And in some cases, yeah, it's the 40 millimeter lens. It's why there aren't that many straight vertical lines in right. his movies. Mm -hmm. um, but also then that plane thing. Second part, let's talk about typefaces, baby. There's those. Then <clears throat> here's one I thought you might like too. <laughs> Which is I just took a minute. <laughs> what? What's happening? Typefaces, baby. Mm -hmm. That's good. No, you're okay. You're on uh, point then, uh, today. The needle drop. What fuels the best movie soundtracks? And it's not di directly related, but it's you know talking about like the use of. Um, I don't want to spoil it. Just watch it. They're all in there. If you like Wes Anderson, if I had more time, uh, I I would have written a shorter letter. Um, but I, I haven't I haven't made a playlist or anything, but go check them out. Studio Binder. Um, yeah, it includes that. Uh, I've been out walking. I don't do too much talking these days. That's Nico. Do you, do you play, like my Nico impersonation? Your play that, yeah. I want to hear you huh? play that one. Oh, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's just a walk down. Hang on. No, I hear it. I feel like that'd be in your wheelhouse. I, uh, I... I have never tried to play this, but I'm going to guess it's probably in C. Yeah, you, were, you got it. God, I can't find the first note. You have it. Oh, it's not in my key. That's what I'm trying to G. I don't do too much talking these days. These, and there's probably a minor in there somewhere these days. Boy, I'm terrible at this. Um, did you watch the Velvet Underground documentary? No. Is that a, you, not anything you've even recommended to me? It's on Apple TV. Here she comes. You like that, huh? You better watch your step. She's going to break your heart in two. It's true. And then you're going to Neil Young. <laughs> oh! And so Wes Anderson's really good. He's got a lot going on. That Nico album's pretty good. I think she was hit on a bicycle. I think that's how she passed. She's riding really? a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. The Velvet Underground documentary, I think, is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Very well done. It's done by the guy who did The Joker, oddly enough, I believe, Todd Haynes. And it's on Apple TV, and you can watch it. Apple TV on your Apple TV and the Apple TV app there you for go. Apple TV. That's what you got to do. That's most of what I got here. You know, Wes Anderson, the book is good. You know what's terrific is... Mm, um, mm. Actually, friend of the show, uh, Moises, uh, kindly gifted me uh, with an uh, optical disc version of this several years ago. Um, the extra features, this might, you know what? When you tell me about something, you're like, I'm going to go look this up because this might be on uh, the iTunes version too. But oh, like the, the behind extras. the scenes stuff for Fantastic Mr. Fox 
is so freaking good. We also have that book. We have that book as oh, well. Oh, yeah. We have Isle of Dogs. We have Fantastic Mr. Oh, yeah, because you're your kid and you were really into Fantastic Mr. Fox yeah, for Yeah, I have to say it's one of my favorite It's movies. a great film. It's, it is like it's just... It's so fun. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you is... Um, uh, this is difficult to explain unless you're like somebody who's obsessed with, I don't say media, but like, you know, movies is like, or, or in the case of like, oh, I keep thinking about what we do in the shadows. We watch two hours of it every night. <laughs> so we just cool, started cool. back over again, again, again. But like, I think about it constantly and I think about, I can tell something is beloved by me when if you say to me, fantastic, Mr. Fox, I would go, oh, yeah, fantastic, Mr. Fox, right? The same way that you would, like, with what, like, 2001 or Empire Strikes Back or certainly to me, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You mm -hmm. go, oh, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? And so in my head, immediately, I have that that sort of, uh, you've just kind of sparked a big You've got fire. a whole, there's a whole, th like, uh Yeah, there's atmosphere. a powder box of fun in my head about that, like, ah, oh. but then... I put it on, I start watching it, and then improbably, I find myself going, oh, man, this is even better than I remember. Mm -hmm. He's up there, he's up there. Doom, 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 doom. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee. And he turns it off. He seems skittish, you know? <laughs> Beagles love blueberries. Mm -hmm. The entire movie is so freaking good. <laughs> I love Mr. Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> you just put your arm up if you can hear me. <laughs> I pay my bills on time. Hey, wait, how'd you get a credit card? I pay my bills on time. Oh, and the sound he makes when he's when he's trying to eat the chicken. <laughs> it's all so good. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, and uh, what is it? Foxes are allergic to aluminum, but it's still uh, cool to the paw. What a great movie. It's a good film. And then and then Ash. Ash has the, the stains from the juice box on his little furry mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, what an adorable movie. It's attention to detail that I feel like you're talking about right now. It is. And uh, I will when you tell me about something like I will look this up, but um it, it it's a pretty deep dive. Uh, if you watch the like the special features about this and uh PJ, the special features, uh, and like for example, all the cider. What you know, those supposed to be cider and all of those innumerable like jugs. Yeah, they had to, they had to keep extreme control over humidity, temperature, and especially barometric pressure where they were shooting it, because it, I guess overnight, I want to say the barometric pressure might change and the levels would be. Oh, off. and they would be different from shot to yeah. shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, and I think this is covered in one of these videos. The thing of like, the animator said to Wes Anderson, you know. He liked the look of yeah. It was specifically one of these videos. He liked the look of the 1933 King Kong and how yes, you sort that, of, this was at the start of that one video. Tell, that tell you were people talking about this because so, I thought it was the way they that he described it. I I or the person doing the video described it. I thought was really cool. I thought so too. And this is definitely I think in the video of why Wes Anderson films look like that. Um, and it, it starts out and the, li literally the fingerprints of the artist. <laughs> yes, you are seeing the. It starts out with the shot of is it the badger in that? Is that um, is it him? 
Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, where he's in the office with yeah. uh, the, the, the children have uh, composed a, yes. a little ditty. Yes. Bogus punts and bean. And he, lean? and he has the, like, you can see the, the fur. It appears like, is a, like wind is almost like wind is blowing the fur. Right. And they apparently, they were saying, Wes was saying, you know, we need to use real fur when we do this. And they, they were the, like, you're, if you do this, you're just going to have, this is going to look really weird and all fluttery. But it turned out that what he was modeling it after is, and, it, and they show a clip of this in the video you're talking about, is yeah. the old King Kong movies, the original King Kong movies. And you can see, because back then they didn't have synthetic fur, they had real fur. I mean, maybe they had it, but they wouldn't have used it for this. Yeah. It was real fur. They said, you, can, you could avoid this if you just use fake fur. He's like, I'm not going to avoid it. I, I don't want it. to avoid it. I'm I want it. Real and like, so like shots like, you know, but again, classic Wes Anderson style, like straight on middle of the frame shots. But like, there's that just, I don't know, maybe just because of how I am, but the scene when they're in the cave or like, you know, they've dug and it's the one where his wife pulls him aside and is finally like, you know, confronting him about his BS. Mm -hmm. And, and she, uh, she hits him, she like slaps him and he's like cut. And like, there's just something so brutal about that scene. I know, understand they're animated foxes, mm -hmm. but still like they're both, they've just both hit bottom. Like he really wants to be respected and, and loved and but he also wants to be a wild animal mm -hmm. as well as a good provider. And he thought he had it figured out by robbing storehouses. He thought he could be right, he could be a killer and a provider. But like it's all starting to fall apart. And now all the little kids, yes, in costumes, are not getting enough food. And it's like oddly dark. But like the way that, that the way the tears well up in their eyes and mm -hmm. the way the fur is mm -hmm. slightly moving is mm -hmm. Strangely moving. And then you got Willem Dafoe as a rat. But the whole thing, the whole technique of doing it, and I, I believe that Wes Anderson in, intuitively and probably inherently knew this, is that it, you know, as they say in the video, it is literally the fingerprints of yeah. the people who did it. The but artists, it, yeah. it does not look perfect. It does not look like it was crafted in computer animation. The whole idea of creating a stop motion film in whatever year that was, late teens. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. you're only somebody who loves the the whole process and the art and the, the end result would want to do it that way. And he's never tried to create something perfect. Look at every single one of his sets. They've He has never had a pristine, <laughs> uh, clean room type set ever. Everything that and he, he does. He is... highlights this in that wonderful American Express commercial, which I will oh, find so for notes. It's kind of the culmination of everything that makes you love. If you love Wes Anderson, it's all in that commercial. Yes, it Can really I get is. my snack? You're yep. eating it. You're eating it. <laughs> it looks fake. <laughs> Can I get a bayonet on here? <laughs> I'm telling you, uh -huh. it looks fake. <laughs> I will find that. Um, boy, we've covered a lot of good ground there, but I guess, you know, uh, in the end, he was just another dead rat in the dumpster behind a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Looking a little bit long in the tooth yourself. I'm going to tell you about a new sponsor of ours, Merlin. It's called Trade. 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 So, Merlin, I know, <clears throat> I know that you are the kind of person who would be considered a, a coffee nerd. Yeah, this is coffee a, snob, even. Coffee yeah. snob. And, um, but there are a lot of people out there who are... Uh, they're, they're coffee noobs as well. And this is the thing. Everyone's on the search out there. They're looking around. They're scouring. They're looking under rocks. They're looking under anything they can lift up. For coffee? To, for coffee. For good coffee. Oh. 
And you know, nowadays that seems like it would be a good business is to make it easier for people not have to look look under rocks. I agree. It. And you know, right point. now in in the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, everyone is adjusted. Now we're all we all want something delivered. We want everything delivered. There were people who would say, "I don't want anything delivered. I want to go schlep it back myself." Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. And that's the whole thing about trade. They they get this. They get all this. They are going to bring the brass the. <laughs> the best coffee right to your front door. This is their goal. Their goal, and this, you know how Bill Gates said a a computer on every desktop, you know? Mm. Trades, they want to make every cup of coffee your best ever. And they start out with a little, they have a little coffee quiz. So do you use a French press? Okay, no, you use an automatic drip? You're a cold brew person? You just answer these questions about what you like or what you want to try. And that allows trade to pair the perfect coffee to fit your tastes. They have over 400 craft coffees. They're going to send you a freshly roasted bag as often as you like. You you decide that, Merlin. Oh, really? Yes. So you're and not if stuck with do- somebody else's apprehension of how often you should be putting coffee in your and face. You they, get to just, you decide. They're going to send you your first match. And <sighs> if, if you don't love it, they will rip, they will say, you know what? That's on us. We got your profile wrong. We're going to send, don't lie to them about it just to get okay. another free one. Okay. But they will send you a free, a new one out and you give feedback as you enjoy this, as your preferences evolve, your coffee cha- your matches are going to change too. Cause you know what, Merlin, I have a, I have an idea that you don't drink the same coffee now that you did five years ago. Probably something has no, changed. No, my, I mean, I feel like every few years my, my taste changes. And to be honest, like right now mm-hmm. I'm well, like for the longest time, I really liked the kind of tangy, what I think of is it used to, we used to get Kenya uh, yeah. roast, yeah, a little sure. tangy. But my, my lady friend really doesn't care for that. And so we got really more into the darker French roast ones. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm off coffee as a drug, but I'm just on coffee as something I enjoy now, which is such a different thing. So like now, I mean, like I'm seeking out very interesting and flavorful coffees that are not the kind of thing where I just go, rah, 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 get in my face, need right. energy. Sure. I'm enjoying it more. It's almost like a sacrament. And so like I, I, my heart is open to, to, to new coffee, uh, flavorings and That's not flavorings, cool. but you know, coffee varietals, yeah, varietals. Like. Yes. Varietals. And, yeah. So trade works with over 55 small U S based roasters. They all do the ethical, sustainable sourcing, all of this stuff that you want in like a new company or a 2021 offering type situation. And so right now, just, just for our listeners, <laughs> you're going to love this. <laughs> I love I didn't see this until. Oh, is this the offer code? Yes, I heard about this. Okay, did you do this? Are you behind? No, no, no. That's all. That's all your boy Moises. (laughs) Oh my God! What's the code? What's the code? What's the offer? So Trade is offering a total of twenty dollars off your first three bags. To get yours, go to drinktrade.com.com slash. Bloom. 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 You want your coffee to bloom. <laughs> bloom. So drink <laughs> drinktrade.com slash bloom. Bloom. And you will get, uh, you start the little quiz and you'll get $20 off your first three bags. So mm. it's, uh, it's almost like a bulk bag situation. Bulk, bulk bag. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So give give the coffee lover in your life the gift of better coffee too. They yep. can get a personalized gift subscription with Trade. It is a great thing. And they sent, I got to tell you, 
they sent me some coffee to try over here and uh it is great and the thing is i i have switched i no longer have coffee like every single morning so that's what i'm saying it's more it's, special it's like, it's like, exactly that's why i say like, sacrament's too strong a word but yeah, like no something not. where you set aside time to enjoy it instead of going blah, 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 blah. that's the sound i used to make when i would drink coffee and we did the little the little quiz and the coffee they sent me is great it's great. It came and it's it smells. You open it, it smells amazing. You can get it beans. You can get it ground. Whatever. Um, just go there. Drinktrade.com slash bloom. Go get your 20 Ooh. bucks off and uh, you're going to love this coffee. Thanks very much to trade for making, I almost said to bloom, <laughs> to trade Thank for making bloom. this show possible. Buck, buck. It does look like, I can't really exactly tell. I really feel like this is such an area of improvement for Apple for, to cater to movie nerds, but... You know, it's kind of frustrating that because, understandably, they've gone with this kind of standard mm, interface for movies you've bought. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always got, like, you know, it'll say, like, extras, cast, related. <clears throat> but, like, there's not too much indication of, like, how much is in there. Mm -hmm. And there are there are some things that you it might surprise you if, if y'all own anywhere near, if you own a tenth of the movies from Apple that I own. It's not a brag. It's just, it's, I'm just weird and lazy and I, I just can't steal like I used to, but you, you go and you look and you may be, you may be blown away to realize how little or more often these days, how much in terms of extra features are in there. Like they've never gone out of their way to bubble up interesting stuff that's hiding, you know, and what you bought. And even I would say, at least in my apprehension, for the longest time, it really felt like you got nothing. It felt like you got the movie and that's pretty much it. Right. You could not bank on having anything near, you know, even like DVD features, let alone like Blu-ray type features. Anyhow, it's worth digging in. Yeah, there's, um, I just did a quick screen grab. Uh, and I don't know if this is quite as tricked out as the Blu-ray that, boy, Moises is a major character this week, uh, that Moises was kind enough to gift me with a few years back. But it does have, I'm clicking, I did a screenshot, from script to screen, the making of Fantastic Mr. Fox, seven minutes. Uh, there's, a, there's a thing on the puppets, that's seven minutes, one minute, two minutes. Yeah, you got several things in here. And I am going to find, hopefully, there are different, better or worse versions of the American Express commercial. Um, and I want to find there a more than You're saying there's more than one version of that thing. Well, you know, it's thing is, like, it's I get so used to, like, YouTube being where I go to find, you know, almost anything video related. But there are higher quality versions of things out in there in the world, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Wes Anderson, American Express commercial. I'm going to put this into show notes. Dan, where would uh, people find show notes for episode? Oh, this is so crazy. So yesterday I did episode, f well, you know, John and I did episode 444 Ooh. of Roderick on the Line. And if, if, if I'm correct, I believe today is episode 555 of Back to Work. Really? That's a big Which, one. It's the first time I've ever run into the namespace pollution for my five by five abbreviation. Ah, so back to that's work. That's a lazy boy. Dr. Dr. Drang would not approve. Like, ah, there's no semicolon. Like if when I type five, 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 it goes bloop and, and changes it to five by five. Isn't that, isn't that terrible? Yeah. Yeah. It's not very, uh, not very compliant. Code, You're not running you know stock over there. It's going to be back to work dot limo slash five, five, five. Five's all the way down. Yep, 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 yep. It's only 222 more episodes till we're world writable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah. should, you know what? Just for security, we should stop at, like, it's what, 755? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want anyone getting past that. Yeah. 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 You got to check, check your octals. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I have to change my octal sometimes because uh, Synology gets confused. No, uh, you know, it's, it's like, like, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, like they say, you know, it's the pictures that got small. It's the octals that, that made me confused. Do you run that on a UPS bah. where you are? Bah. Do, huh? What? Do you what? run that on a UPS? Uninterrupted. Do I run my Synology supply. on a UPS? Mm hmm. I do, I do. I have um, my work Synology is on a pretty damn robust one of those. Um, I have one here at my desk for my Mac because wonderfully the Mac they don't make a big show of it, but Macs will enter. You know, you can use that little USB dingus to communicate with your UPS. Mm -hmm. We had a real world uh, test of our. Boy, this is a lot of S sounds. And why why would someone want to let allow it to communicate? What would be oh, that's the that's a very good question. What would happen so if they the did idea that? is, and this works with Synology. So the idea is you've got a, a UPS, depending on what you what you call it, what you use it for. The idea is a, a UPS or uninterrupted power supply slash battery backup. Uh, it does a couple things. It's always a couple things with APC. Um, first of all, it smooths out things like brownouts or like power dips. And it just provides enough extra little bit of power to make sure that your service to your Mac or your Synology or your whatever computer device is not disrupted. So, I mean, that's convenient because that means, you know, if you live in a place with dirty, uh, dirty electric, dirty wiring, like you're pretty, you're going to encounter weird stuff. Where, like the streetcar goes by and your lights almost go off kind of stuff. And you'll see this, like if you've got a power strip that blinks at you all the time and says grounding error or whatever, you might have dirty power and just weird stuff happens. The point is, though, you can run, um, I always forget what this one is called, and I don't actually care, the square USB one, you know? You've got USB-A, which is your typical yeah, like, classic Yeah, the, the sort of squarish. Yeah, there's an, a Type 2 or something like that. I know type the one you're talking USBs. about. That's usually like a printer <laughs> type interface, right? Uh, it's almost always for a device like audio or I've got one of those here on my, um, my, you know, unit. Anyhow, point is you go from the USB-A on a available USB-A on your Mac or Synology to run it into your unrelated power supply. Why would you want that? Well, that way they can talk to each other and it's really cool inbuilt on the Mac in the software, um, is the ability to communicate with a, a battery backup and to say basically like, okay, it looks like the power went off. What rules should I follow now? So if the if the power just dips, you don't really need to sweat it. If the power goes all the way off, should, how quickly should I do a graceful shutdown? You know what I mean? Like it gives you options for like if the actual power in your place goes out and you get, you know, and, and again, the, the, a lot of what you pay for with these things is longer battery life. Mm-hmm. Which can be great. Like we just had, we had two nights of power outages in a row at our house. And because um, I'm smarter than the average bear and keep everything, I mean, the Eero, the modem, all that is hooked up to the UPS. So we keep internet even when our power goes off, which can be real handy yeah, it's very for handy. lots of reasons. Um, and, you know, and depending on what you're running, how long you're running it, you really want to spend some time, make sure this is all correct. Uh, you can get, I don't know, it depends. It could be a few minutes. It could be an hour. Right, it's all going to depend on the the yeah. power of the battery and and but how but an area you may not there. have given a ton of thought to on your Mac, especially if you're on a desktop Mac. If you're on a desktop Mac, you have probably not given a ton of thought to an area that I'm going to say is probably called battery or power. But there, you're going to get the light bulb for energy saver, 
And what's cool is, yeah, so if you go, I'm on uh, Monterey, whatever, <clears throat> and there's three little tabs for power, UPS, and schedule. So power is like, when should I turn off the display? Now, UPS, it says when to turn off the display, show the status in the menu, et cetera. To answer Dan's very good question, the reason you want to be able to talk to your UPS is you can um, adjudicate or negotiate better shutdowns, more graceful ways of dealing with power outages. So, you know, you don't want your whole Synology to just go boobies up because the power went off for a second. Like if you, in my case, I've got six drives in there and like, you know, I've striped them very conservatively. I've got redundancy for two failures just because, you know, I'm a belt and hard drives mm-hmm. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, you, power interruptions are not good. That was really long-winded. Sorry. I don't think we have time to do my my unified field theory space. Oh, today, yeah, we might we might have pushed the uh, the limit I of that. Just, but what, what I, I will just sketch it. I could sketch the rough sketch because we still have one more sponsor, right? Yes, uh, but what, mm. before we talk about that, just to kind of close the loop on the UPS thing. Close. The I've loop. been dealing with UPSs for several decades, back to my you know early days in server rooms in the in the nineties. And, you know, they've come a really, really long way. There is no reason that a regular person who could afford to get a desktop computer or or an Synology should not also be able to afford even one of the entry level. You can get them for like a hundred bucks. You can get some for even less. I've got one on my chest freezer at the office that was $80. Yeah. And I mean, I, I could, I I will try to find some that I like maybe um, in the links. A- the AP- I, I'm very happy with, I'll find the one I've got too. It's an APC that I like a lot. APC is kind of the the standard. Mm-hmm. The newer they one. They also make really good um, power strips. They do. The newer one is cyber power that, that gets a lot of attention. But you can get, speaking of power strips, you can get a UPS that just looks like a big fat power strip these days. And that yeah. might not be enough to run your desktop machine or even your Synology for an hour, but you can certainly put your, you know, cable modem, your, your router, whatever on that thing. And at the very least your internet's going to run because I find more often than not nowadays mm-hmm. when, when someone loses power, they don't lose it for hours at a time. Typically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not can't speak to the like rolling power outages at some places. Well, it's but it's just so regional, but it isn't like in Florida where we would just lose power for three days. You don't exactly, get that as much. exactly, yeah. right. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. nowadays, like when we lose power, it's usually for uh, several seconds at one time. I don't know what what causes something like that to happen, but typically, if we lose it, it's just like a little blip where it just it cuts out, and then all of a sudden right. you're like, why is everything? But it would suck if you like lost if your computer went down. Just because of that, like half second of right, right. Yeah. So even just put the put one on the internet, the cheap one, and then get the hundred dollar, hundred and twenty dollar one, and just put it on your desktop machine, and yeah, it saves you so much hassle. It saves you mm-hmm. so much of a headache. And God, I, this APC here's an APC. Um, and again, this is not incredibly robust, but this one's sixty five bucks. See, and where's my fancy one? Oh no, I got the dog page. Oh no, Uh-oh. that means they don't make it anymore, probably. Oh no. When you get the dog page on Amazon? Yeah, I know, I know yeah. what you're talking about. But the one I ha- the one I have here at the office, I think the one I got at home is an APC sine wave. Maybe I'll find out. Anyway, maybe for next time. I have the I have put the two that I like <laughs> the one cyber power fat cyber uh, power strip in there. That's fifty two dollars right now. So Jeez, that's not wild. so bad. Um, and you just put that on your cable modem and you're well. You're I mean, done, like just to, to to state the obvious, I don't know. I mean, from like a 
I don't know if these are rated for this in a legal, you know, uh, Underwriters Institute way, but with let's just say the thing that's not, that's maybe not. rodent within. Yes. City hmm. limits. It's talking about axolotl. <laughs> is that, uh, this is battery, a little bit of battery power when your power goes off. Like yeah. if you, having these around is not going to hurt. Like, it's not like having a generator and it will beep a lot, which your daughter will hate. You but, can silence uh, it. You can silence it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I guess, well, what time is it? I can't even tell with this cockamamie app of yours. How far in are we? We're in... Uh, We're deep. It doesn't give me a number? We're deep. Yeah, uh -huh. it says... Hold on, I'll hit it right here. Hold on. Boom. All right. Boom. I'll and it says 71 minutes, 17 oh, seconds. Oh, criminy Pete! We had a lot to talk about, my son. Uh, hmm. Did... Did... Hmm. Did... Hmm. Did... We have one... Okay. Yeah, we have do, one do, more. Do you want to go out on a sponsor, or do you, do you want me to do my do my fast sketch? Do your fast sketch, and, and then we, you'll do, and then we're out. Yeah, I like okay. that. That's a plan. <clears throat> I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm. I don't want to be rushed. Squarespace. Wait, which one am I? Am I, am I doing my pitch? Do do Squarespace, and then do. Oh, I want you to go out on your thing. I want you to do your oh. pitch, and then I want to. I want to do sponsor pitch. Then we close it out. Oh, okay. Or, I mean, it's your show. Do whatever you want to do. It's oh. Fine. Whatever you want to do. Hey, Dan, tell me about something you like. I would love to tell you about Squarespace. <clears throat> <laughs> you, can, you can use Squarespace to create beautiful, at its heart, you're making websites. That's what it's about. You want to make a website? Go make a website with Squarespace. But what are you doing with it? Maybe you've got an upcoming, you know, people are out of the house again. Maybe you get a wedding that's coming up. You want to promote that. Maybe you get a business. You want to sell something physical. <laughs> you want to sell wedding. something online. Get it out there. You can do it. You can have, if you're, you, you're an, an artist of some kind, you got paintings, photographs. They have galleries, this stuff built in. You can do all that. And of course, if you're like a musician, you've got a band, you want to put your albums out there. You can do it. In other words, pretty much anything that you want to do, any kind of website that you want to make, you can make it with Squarespace. They've got beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They've got the e-commerce stuff all built in. They've even got a new way for you to buy domains. They've got over 200 extensions you can use right there. That, those are Dan, those are unique domain names, just so you know. That is correct. and you They will are, not let you buy a non-unique domain name. Well, and no, that's, it's that's not possible. That's, that well, it's possible. Dishonest. Somebody could use some, because a lot of things that could happen in the world, but they're looking out for you. They if you're going to get a domain name, if they did something yeah, like that. They care. But you don't have to patch or upgrade anything. No. It's all out of the box, day one, Ready for mobile. You don't have to worry how's this going to look on an Android phone. They do that. They worry. They've got a guy. You can right see it right now. in the browser, Dan. You can see. Show me this on a tablet. Show Isn't me that, this on, that, on that, an That's not possible. Phone. That doesn't work. It doesn't seem like you have to hire that Israeli company for $48 a month. You're saying that works? That actually works? See what this looks like in a. That's oh, going to work? I mean, that's what they say, but who knows? I, know. I trust Squarespace. I don't know about you. Mm. Well, this is the thing. It, yeah. This is your chance is to turn thing. your dream. Into reality. If you will it, it is no dream. Squarespace.com slash. Wait, what's our, uh, it's your show. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. And you're going to use the promo code it's your show. And you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And uh, I have, I don't know about you, but I set my browser, you know, so whenever I open a new tab or open a new window, it goes to squarespace.com slash it's your show. Yeah, and I, I think mean, our audience should do that. It's helping everyone when yeah. you do that, including exactly. you. It's, you know what it is? It's like a memento mori. You know, the idea that like you got this guy, let's call it a court jester, but it's somebody who stands next, sits next to the king. And sure, sure, he makes fart jokes and stuff, but he also says this. He says this to the king over and over. Remember, you are mortal. Remember, you are mortal. Right. Memento mori.
Yeah. Memento Mori. Gungo la Gungo. Big hit of the llama. And that, that's what you're doing here, is you're reminding yourself, Memento Mori, <laughs> Memento Mori Povich, go get a new website <laughs> oh, and make sure your domain is unique. Gungo la Gungo. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't, you can't get a non-unique nice. domain. That's the thing. That's you can't. I mean, Dan, I think you're overlooking something here, and I hate to hack your system like this, okay. but what if you're dealing with a dishonest actor? What if you're dealing with somebody who's selling you, if you like, a bill of goods? And they go, ah, nah. You can get, because they're Edward G. Robinson. So there was and a domain I, that I wanted to get. Yes. And I looked it up on the one, uh, one of the registrars, and yeah. it said that it was going to be uh, something like, um, I don't know, something like 800 bucks. So then I went over to one of these other registrars. Because it's, a, because it's a popular domain or because it's a wackadoo.io it's a, type Yeah, name. it's one of the weirdies. But it's a popular.com or a... No, it was suffix. like a .io or something Okay, got else. it, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. so then I went to a different... That gets costly fast if you're not careful. I went to a different registrar and I put in the same domain and they said it was a dollar and 57 cents. Okay. So I See, tried to buy like, it... That sounds like a bad actor. I tried to buy it on the dollar and 57 cent one and it went through. And then after mm. that, I got an email saying that they couldn't go through and that uh, the the amount that I paid, which was $0, was less than the minimum that they had to, they would have had to have paid to register it. So it was a cock up in the bid system? Yeah, something was messed up in there. So I didn't get it for a dollar. You can't cheat an honest man, Dan. No. I think you probably could. I think, I think it's a little naive to think you can't cheat an honest man. Yeah. I think you can cheat almost anybody, and also there aren't that many people that are that honest. This is all covered in the Wisdom Project. It's exciting. Our, our thanks to uh, Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. It's your show. Done. The paradigm is this, and you still get first right of refusal at this. I want hey, it. Sharks. No, I've already, I want it. Hey, Sharks. Um, uh, uh, this is a thing that there's a thing that comes up a lot on um, the reconcilable differences program mm-hmm. because John and I, I mean, sure, you could say that we're just entitled white guys who want the world to be a certain way. You could say a lot of things, uh, but we both struggle with issues of space around the house, mm-hmm. and I'll bet everybody struggles with this. I'm, we are certainly not alone. I bet our family feels just as frustrated about space in the house. But you know, I, I like for example, and I, I would never never uh, pretend to speak for John, but John, for example, for years has said it, it drives him a little bit crazy that he just wants one place set aside that's basically exactly the size of his iPhone. Mm. He just needs the place to put down his iPhone and charge it. And then stuff sometimes gets into that space. This is, if anybody's ever listened to The Reconcilable Differences, it's a good show. You guys should check it out. It's very good. Relay.fm slash RG. It's a good show. Um, John has his tech show that's popular and is the owner, uh, the earner, and then he has his show about emotions, which is the one he does with me, mm. appropriately enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that has become such an ongoing thing for us, the use of space. Now, so much in life, uh, what do they call it? Uh, they say, like, the wisdom, isn't there a Latin phrase for the wisdom of wine, from wine, like you speak truthfully when you're drinking, or... Like oh. what starts as a joke on reconcilable differences does have a basis in reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like it does drive me a little bit crazy when there's just, I feel like I ask so little. I want this basically, how tall is an aluminum can? Let's call it six inches. I need about six inches wide. Well, you know, basically I need room for two 12 packs of seltzer over here in this one area. 
Nothing ever goes there except for seltzer. And also, conversely, the transited property, that's also where seltzers go. Seltzers go there, nothing else goes there. Mm -hmm. And if, heaven forfend, there's any empty space there. Maybe there's one 12-pack in there. Well, marinating meat went on in my area last night. Which is fine, because it's a really strong meal. It's the Kenji, uh, my wife has this amazing dish. She makes the Kenji Lopez Alt uh, beef and broccoli that's bananas good. It's our new f- family's favorite food. Um, but you shouldn't put marinated, marinating meat into daddy's area. You understand? It's yes. disrespectful. Yes. It's disrespectful to the seltzer and to me. You ever have these things, right? Like, don't you feel like... Let's, okay, for example, there's all those all sorts of rules like this in life. Like the person who, maybe the person who drives gets to pick the music. Somebody calls shotgun. Oh, yeah. But there's these kinds of things in life where, where you go like, you even think about with Gunnery Sergeant Hartman again, who comes up, he's a regular character on this show. Like he's not saying you can't have a footlocker. You have to have a footlocker and you have to lock it. That is your area. And in order for you to be a good Marine, you have to lock it. Like that personal area of yours is sacred. And you have to treat it like that. Do you follow? Yes. So, you know, we have a lot of fun with that. And we talk about how frustrating it is that, like, we seem to, like, have a, a different understanding of certain areas and spaces uh, more than other family members. This culminated, perhaps culminated, in a phrase that I started using in my house that I do not feel good about. But I would say something to my family, and here's what I would say to them. I'd say, please don't put something there. I would say, that's an active working area. Don't active put anything there. It's an active working area. area. Like, for example, we've got the booze, you know, cutting board. We've got a big cutting board we use for cutting. Mm-hmm. And if, if one of us is, like, doing the cutting up part of preparing a meal, do we agree it would be kind of lame to walk up and put your wallet and car keys right in the pile of green onions? Because mm-hmm. that's an active working area. I see. Somebody has claimed that area right now for active work. Right. The most extreme example of this that I can think of, because it brings a lot of frustrations together is when i've spent hours and hours and hours making a like a rib roast i've done i've done the sous vide i've done the seasoning i've done you know it's just it's hours and hours and hours of work i'm ready to pull it out let it start setting up so if i turn my back to take a very multi-hundred degrees hot pan out of the oven and set it down in this area here that is the ultimate active working area if you are between me and the area where i put down the roast, mm-hmm. you are really getting up in my active working area. Makes sense so far? Yeah, that could cause okay. a lot of problems. That's just a little taste. And then here's where I'm going to let this bloom. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I'm working on a, an approach to the notion of how we use space in a house alongside probably two axes. Because it's the, now one of the axes, the one that we can all understand, when I say something like that's an active working area, I think that's meaningful. All the parts of that are meaningful. What if we had a paradigm for thinking about the areas in our house in terms of what it is primarily used for? Because I think there's a Peter Walsh style, it's all too much angle to this. The whole point of the Peter Walsh book that I found so invigorating was, hey, you know, stop organizing your clutter. Stop keeping stuff that you have a weird emotional relationship with. Start by head-on addressing the emotional, wonderful book here I'm talking about called uh, It's All Too Much. He's basically saying you have all this, this, these screwed up relationships with things. You say these trite things about why you keep all this garbage. It's valuable. Okay, if it's valuable, we can go see what it's worth on eBay. Mm-hmm. And if it is valuable, like 
can you save every drawing from your kid? No, et cetera, et cetera. So, but the, 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 the thrust of the Peter Walsh approach is not to just organize the crap you've got. This was a breakthrough for me. I spend too much time figuring out how to keep storing stuff I don't need. I faced this in my office last week as I've been trying to clean up my office. As I sat on Roderick on the line, I've been liberating like sarcophagus after sarcophagus of just crap I haven't needed for years, for decades. Dan, why do I have a box that has thermal fax paper in it? You're probably not going to use thermal anything uh, these days. And you know, if you leave it in your car, it's extra film for a Polaroid we haven't had in years, all that stuff. But here's the point, Dan, like that makes me feel silly that I have been sitting around paying for cubic inches of storage of nonsense like that. But here's where the paradigm and the scale of this, to me, gets interesting. We go all the way up to the top of active working area. Well, obviously we're not going to store our snow tires in the area where we put the rib roast. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously now thousand flowers bloom. This gets to my whole idea of like the cutlery goes in the drawer, not in the attic, even though we have no, more room there. What I'm trying to get at is this, to be successful in life with the spaces that we have, we must learn to look fearlessly at what they become rather than what we think they are or were. And the ba- most basic part of this is that you have to look at all the spaces in your house as a continuum between active activity and non-active activity. You can have deep storage up in your attic. Like, you know, Syracuse might store an LC2 up there because he's going to want it, but not right now. You don't store the LC2 where John's phone goes. Mm. And if we're being honest, this was the breakthrough for me. This is going to seem, after all of this throat clearing, this is going to seem really minor, but this has been huge for me. Like, why am I, like here got all this junk in here. I've got books and toys and collectibles and stuff that are like in boxes gathering dust as I continue to have well-organized garbage in places where I should, the places that should, where I should have the things that get a place of honor. Right. Right. Like I've a category error is this confusion between the different levels of what we use the space for. Mm-hmm. So this is, I hope what will interest people in this. If you've got an active working area, well, obviously that's the top level. Nothing goes there. But you can still have a regular working area. Like my desk is a working area. Even if I'm not actively at the desk and using right. it. It was still it a is, work area. Just you've paused it. You've hit pause on the work area. Right. But right. the thing is, but you, you're going to get this. I'm going to say below because this has to be slightly hierarchical. Below a working area, you've got a holding area. So think about when you're doing your mise en place for like putting a meal together or when you're thinking about a hobby project. And you, in our case, like we always organize our Legos into different bowls, usually when we take them out of the bags, right? So we can, we, that's, a, that's a life hack. That way you can put them away partway through. You're not going to just sweep them all off the table and probably lose three of them. You got a working area. You got an active working area, working area, holding area. Then you get more into a storage area, right? And mm-hmm. storage has a, has a, it's there for a reason. Like you don't think about all the ways your life gets confused if you mess up these relationships and areas. Mm-hmm. We eat a lot of jasmine rice in our family, and so that means we buy these big, like usually, I guess five pound bags of these. But like, does that go like in the area where you would charge a phone? No. Does it go in the attic? No. It goes in the cabinet. What kinds of things belong in the cabinet? The cabinet is for, I would say, mostly for storage more than holding. If you don't respect that this area here is a temporary holding area, guess what? It becomes a storage area. Mm. If you're using 
a really good area for a less lively thing, you're doing it wrong. So, and this could be all of the things. Don't put your snow tires where daddy's roast goes, right? Mm -hmm. But also, it doesn't make sense to have your spice rack be in your glove box in the garage. Like, the thing has to go where the thing goes. But here's what happens. And I learned this from Dennis Gephardt in 1991. Never put any... <laughs> Dennis had lots of rules. People who listen to Do By Friday will have heard the many stories of Dennis Gephardt. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Dennis is the guy, for example, who said, uh, you don't see this bread. This bread's not here. This is my bread. You don't see the bread. Uh, Dennis is also the one who said, um, oh, oh, the, wonderful, the, the most wonderful passive-aggressive question I ever got. Have you given any thought to what you might want to do with these boxes? Mm. To the classic for our instance here, you got a counter. We're in a small place, a little two-bedroom place Dennis and I lived in in Tallahassee as, as happy new college alum housemates. Mm -hmm. And there was a, this, this area that was inarguably the focal point of the home. And yeah. that was the bar-ish area between the kitchen and the small dining room. This is a very small place. This is like probably a 500 square foot place that we share. And what Dennis said was, well, let's never put anything on this counter. And why is that, Dan? Why would you never put anything on that calendar? Because you always have to have it ready for something else. Yes, but also what happens? It falls if in you, it falls. It, well, you, if you put the mail there, okay. Now, if you can handle that responsibility of that being, again, that's not an active area, it's not a storage area, that's what I would call a holding area. This is a liminal space between two worlds. This is where mail goes for a minute before it goes somewhere else. Unless, unless, unless it didn't. And then guess what? Now mm. that's where the mail goes. Because you put mail there, oh, that's you've where the established pile... a new Now precedent. that's the mail area. Right. And guess what? You just took an area. It's not active. It's not an active area. Not an active working area. It's not even a, a useful holding area. You have now turned a potentially active working area of your home, a lively area of your home. The center of your home has just become a place for garbage. And you didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So when I'm here trying to make space to like more, I have a box that's just like, I have the ba the box of bags, which is all stuff like, you know, Ziploc bags and trash yeah. bags and stuff like that, which is fine. But like, does that belong in a place of honor? Does that belong like, uh, like uh, as treated almost as a Christmas decoration? What I'm trying to get out with all of this is, yes, there's some complaining here, but I have had a breakthrough <clears throat> and a very, again, I want to give credit to Peter Walsh. I will find it's all too much for show notes. But it's become uh, really important to me to realize when I have misused or even abused an area by being a dumbass. I let an active area become just a working area. I let a working area turn into a holding area. Would your metallurgist grandfather ever let his workbench stack up? Of course not. With unread newspapers? Of course not. Why? Because like, it's counter to being productive, what the area being is focused. For? Yeah, and, and he can't be good at what he does in mm -hmm. that instance mm -hmm. if he gets lazy about letting one kind of area turn into another kind of area. And this is why we, we, we joke or we kid or we even maybe admire or make fun of our grandparents who, my grandfather and probably your grandfather, who would have the outline of this particular ball peen goes here and only here. Mm -hmm. You can have fun with that. But if, would you hire a plumber who just couldn't find their tools no. because they, they, they put it in the place where the rib roast used to go? Of course go? not. I love that story. I think it was a rolled doll. Um, 
this is what I want to lay out. I'm, and again, now you're getting first right of refusal on this because this is a very young idea, a very nascent idea. Does this spin out of the wisdom project? Yes, it does. This spins out of that idea of cleaning out a junk drawer by, by, by putting it in a box and only, you know, repatriating things get, that get used a lot. Mm-hmm. I think there's the thought technology here and I want to work on it. Almost all of you will find this very silly and weird and probably a little bit clinical, but I think there's something to this. Are the, the spaces that we inhabit become less enjoyable and less useful when we lose track of what they're for and allow the accretion of non-essential things, title, to turn that That's area from sentence. something... Hold on, hold on. Say that again. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. The accretion of something. Accretion of non-essential items, something. I don't know. But you got you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I mean, you know, <laughs> you ever been in the kind of family where you like you just always are putting things on the stairs and then yelling at kids to take it upstairs or downstairs? Well, now your stairs have become shelves. Is yeah, that how right, you want to live? Right. No. And I'm just saying this. I'm this is very early. You guys are here now. If I've been talking about email, you guys would think I'm a goddamn genius. I'm here to tell you this is a very young idea that I think is going to go places. Mm-hmm. We have to recapture the way that we utilize our space. And I'm not going to say to spark joy, but I'm going to say it's crazy for, for my, my Phoenix and my Dark Phoenix to be in a box somewhere on a shelf next to old hard drives whilst I've got Ziploc bags in arm's length from here. Right. What makes sense to me? Speaks to me. Yeah. That was a lot. I think yeah. people really got their money's worth from that one. I know they did. <laughs> um, so next week is, oh my gosh, it's the week of the Thanksgiving. Yes. Oh, that's so you, you love that, Dan. I do like Thanksgiving, yes. You ever have Thanksgiving when it's not Thanksgiving? We've started doing nope. a thing. We've just returned to something we, we did. Actually, before my kid was born, we discovered the... Now, when I say the, the turkey breast, I don't mean like you just get a bunch of boar's head from the deli, and I don't mean you get that pressed stuff. I'm saying you can get like a nice, nice, nice. breast. And you could, do, you could do Thanksgiving when it's not Thanksgiving, and it's kind of fun. You could have a make-believe Thanksgiving just for the food part. Mm-mm. You don't even have to say thank you. Mm-mm. I don't believe in that kind of thing. Well, happy, happy everything to everybody. Think of, hey, everybody, think about your spaces. Think about your spaces. Think about if there is a, if there were a hierarchy of space in terms of usefulness and dynamism, are you utilizing your space as well? Because I've realized I am not, and uh, the scales have fallen from my eyes. Like Paul on the road to Damascus. Oh, you know? yes, exactly. Oh, sorry, no, you don't have to know that's the other one. All right, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.